Welcome to the Introverted Black Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Leah. This week, I wanted to get into the topic of the bad black mom archetype, right? So I want to talk about how historically black women have been seen as three stereotypes, the Mammy, the Jezebel, Sapphire, and how the media has helped with America's making of the bad black mom. All right, let's get into it. All right, so let's hop right into this opinion of mine here. To me, it feels like America loves, loves, loves to rip black families apart, take black children from moms, leave black fathers out of the house, all that stuff. So we know that that stuff happened during slavery times. Obviously, black families were ripped apart. Children were sold. Parents were sold. It's being done now with the mass incarceration of black men and women. And I wanted to talk even more about how in combination with the historical factors of this and historical stereotypes of women, along with current and past media sources, how all these things kind of add to this quote unquote bad black mom archetype, right? And another thing I noticed, I'm sure we all notice is they will put out these narratives that report on these stories of these negligent black moms, abusive, whatever ways you want to describe it. But they leave out very important things. I think two of the things would be systemic racism and another would be wage gaps. And they kind of put these moms in impossible situations on being able to provide for children, go to work, all these different things. So I am about to run down a few situations that happened within the last few decades where black mothers were arrested or this picture was painted. When as I'm describing these situations, I just want you as a listener to just take time and really pay attention to the details. Take a holistic approach. Really think about all things from any angle, as many angles as possible. All right, let's get into it. All right, first one I'm going to get into is, it's 2014 in South Carolina, right? 46-year-old Deborah Harrell or Harrell, she is working at McDonald's and she also needs to bring her nine-year-old daughter with her to work. So the daughter would come to her on the days that she worked and the mom would bring the nine-year-old's laptop and they were able to use that free Wi-Fi that McDonald's provides for the daughter to play around on a laptop or do whatever it is that nine-year-olds would do cool fast forward some time the family's home was broken into it was actually robbed and the little girl's laptop was stolen so now it's time for mom to return to go to work but now there's no laptop the daughter is of course naturally probably bored and she's asking her mom to go to a park that's nearby the mcdonald's the mother was hesitant But she agreed and was like, okay, you can go for a little bit of time. But here, here's a cell phone. You take this cell phone in case of emergency. I'm right here. We can keep in contact. A few days go by. On the third day, someone called the police on Deborah. They said that they had seen her daughter unattended at the park and she was arrested. She ended up um, being arrested and charged with unlawful conduct toward the child. And she was in jail and she faced a 10 year sentence. And now the daughter is in the custody of social services. That's one story. 
Now, you can listen, you could argue that that wasn't a good idea. She shouldn't have been at the park, all these things. But again, I'm asking you to think about the situation holistically. Just my opinion. I'm thinking if I'm a parent who needs to provide for my child, I'm at McDonald's. So I don't know if her position was a manager. Any other research I did, it didn't specify, but it did say that's where she was working. We know that McDonald's is a low paying job. On average, McDonald's workers make somewhere, some of them, on average, about $9 an hour. That is barely enough to keep your house afloat. Barely enough to keep your house afloat, let alone try to attempt to pay someone for daycare. So to me, this this is describing a mother that's doing the best that she can. She wants to appease the nine-year-old. Yes, she has some reservations, but she did, in fact, give her a cell phone. It's a nearby park. I think she did it with best intentions. Let's get into the second situation. All right, now let's go back to 2011 in Georgia, right? Now, this one was wild to me. A jaywalking mom was sentenced. A jaywalking mom whose son was hit and killed by a driver faces charges. She faced charges. She faced vehicular homicide and criminal jaywalking after her four-year-old son was killed. So here's the story with this one. My understanding is there were, this mother had three small children and all of them happened to have birthdays around the same time. So she was trying to get back home to continue this birthday celebration, right? She doesn't have a car. She catches the bus. Somehow, I believe the normal bus she usually catches, she somehow missed. So she had to wait an additional hour for the next bus to take her to her home. So her and her three children, they get off the bus. I believe she has a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and another child. Unfortunately, I can't remember the age of the other child. They get off the bus. They see people before them. They get off the bus and they begin to cross the road. So it was like a four lane highway road. As she's crossing, the four year old lets go of her hand. She has the two year old on her hip and she begins to call after the four year old son. And she goes and like chases him into the streets to grab him. Unfortunately, a car hits her, the four year old, and the two year old. And unfortunately, her four year old son dies from his injuries she got charged because she didn't cross at the crosswalk she faced up to three years in prison this sentence that she faced was actually a longer sentence than the person the man driving the car he committed a hit and run he hit them and then left the scene of the crime come to find out this driver also had two previous hit and runs and guess what happened he served six months in jail. Meanwhile, this mom is still having to deal with mourning the death of her four-year-old while still being accused of being negligent. To me, this is a situation of it's just an unfortunate event. She had presents in her hand. She's trying to juggle three children. And also, as I was researching, the spot where the bus stop is, the nearest crosswalk was, you know, ways down. So that would mean she have to still try to juggle presents on her three children to walk to the crosswalk to then try to get to her house. And when more investigators like, um, I, what do you call them, like traffic controllers or people who are studying the case, some of them even made the point that 
it wasn't just her that was in danger, but other people. We know that with research that pedestrians take the shortest route. So when they looked at the bus stop as compared to where it was to the woman's house, it was directly across the street. So where she was trying to cross at for her would be best. And obviously she took proper precautions. She, the mom said that she looked to see whether there were any cars coming. The road was clear. Again, there were other people who had just gotten off the bus who were crossing right in front of her. It just happened to be an unfortunate timing. But to hear that you are being charged with more time than a person who hit you and then left the scene in the crime is absurd to me. It's crazy. So um, after doing more research on this case, I did find out that the woman ended up avoiding jail time, but she did um, end up on probation. Here's another story. All right, let's go to Arizona, right? There was a homeless woman who left her children in the car while she went to apply for a job. The children were two year, two years old and six months. She faced uh, two counts of felony abuse and her children are in, you know, state custody. This was another one I wanted to really unpack. Now, obviously, there are unfortunate events. We hear about parents leaving children in a hot car and how that can be deadly and and. Obviously, I don't think anyone listening would think that that would be a good idea. Now, I want you to put yourself in the mind of a person who is homeless, right? You're desperate. I'm going to assume that this woman who was homeless saw an opportunity to get income to further improve her situation. You're homeless. I think that she probably thought I would apply for this job and be in and out. I did some research and it seemed like maybe within 45 minutes she was out of the she was out of the building after applying and I I believe been interviewed for the job but someone it was reported that someone had heard a child cry and they called the police um I think the car may have been parked in the sun and she was reported the children were taken the mother was upset of course after this but she was also upset because she was trying but just think about the desperation you must have. You need to provide for your children and your homeless and you see an opportunity to earn money. And let's be fair. There are plenty of people who um, have the argument not to continue to give, not to give homeless people money. Or there's a question, why don't you just get a job? And to me in this situation, she was trying to do those very things. And you could say, why does she get this person to do this, this person? But I also, the point isn't trying to figure out you know, whether she was right or wrong. I think there are situations where there isn't just a right or wrong answer. There could be some gray area. You can agree or disagree with me. That's fine. But we have to be fair. There are situations where there are non-black people who may leave their children in the car to run into a place really quick and the police aren't called on them. But because you see black children or a black mother, we already have these stereotypes or these assumptions made about us. So I think that's really where... I'm coming from with all of this, right? Speaking of the stereotypes, I wanted to get more into uh, that the historical effects and the media's cause of the perception of some black women. I think essentially black moms are punished for their bad parenting when really the situations are caused by like social inequalities, right? And children are being taken away from mom simply for the crime of being poor. Let's get into those stereotypes I mentioned right in the intro. So two stereotypes, right, that black women seem to face. 
want hypersexuality and then it's their stereotype of being an adequate mom. Let's take a little quick walk down historical lane, right? One, that Jezebel image. That was an image that um, seemed to derive during slavery time. There were these hypersexual black women who were, I guess, seducing slave masters, right? So never mind the white sexual violence and abuse that the women face. No, instead... I guess to calm the slave owners, white wives or whatever, it was these women are hypersexualized. They came on to me. You know, if I'm if I'm creating babies with the enslaved, it was their fault. Right. So that's that. So then after the emancipation of the black slave, right, then you get into this mammy, mammy image. So the mammy is like the asexual, not particularly attractive oh, mother. She's just seen as a caretaker. But it seems like this was put into place so that it was not a threat to white people or their or white women, right? Because you went from this Jezebel hypersexual woman. When really it was the um enslaved women who were being sexualized and fetishized by the white slave owner so now you get into the mammy and all she's good at is caretaking that's it then you get into the 1960s and that's that um sapphire or the masculine woman this woman she dominates her household she doesn't take no stuff she's independent she'll tell it how it is just super duper masculine so then you got that not not um exactly caring or loving towards the children or the people in her family she's just all about business it goes my way i'm dominating this household that's it so then we had that on the scene right that was in tv shows and movies then let's get to the 80s with with good old ronald reagan and reaganomics and those welfare queens right all those crazy welfare queens so then the 80s it's uh the black women are lazy they are just sucking up the system. They're welfare queens. And if you see a pregnant black woman, you should expect that they're doing it on purpose, right? It is this narrative. Black women are purposely getting pregnant, purposely having these children so that they can be lazy and milk the system. Then, of course, you got the 1980s and the 90s, and that's the crack era, right? Crack moms, crack babies. They are degenerates. They're, of course, causing more strain to the system. So now they're violent and they are um they would rather choose this substance over their children right never mind that these neighborhoods were purposely flooded we know that there have been reports that admitted neighborhoods have been flooded purposely to get this community of people addicted and it was something that had never been done before and those people are addict um, are um bad people they should know better they don't care they're violent all those whatever negative characteristics you could throw at a person. Then fast forward to today, right? This is a little side note. We got the opioid epidemic, right? But those people have mental health issues and it's an epidemic. These people aren't inherently bad, right? But we know the color of their skin is a little different than ours. So yeah, that is what I meant by stereotypes and how that all perpetuates into today's bad black mom archetype and how it's been constructed over the years and it continues to be another um situation was 
I want to go back to when I mentioned about trying to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and people say, don't give people a hand, let them, let them do it. You got the homeless woman applying for a job. Well, what about, let's go to Kelly Williams, right? Kelly Williams Bowler, I believe was her name. She was jailed for 10 days and what she did was she used her father's address to get her daughter into school, a school that was a quote unquote better school for her daughter. But this like, it's this crazy narrative, right? We're taught you gotta do this or you're lazy, blacks don't want for anything. And then when these same things, these shortcuts or seemingly harmless, is it is it technically the right thing to do? Um, you could argue no, but is it worth jail time? No, you lie, you lied on 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 a school application to further your education, to further your child's education. So that's another situation, right? Um another thing I wanted to note was these situations unfortunately have grouped everyone into this bad black mom stereotype and I believe that these situations should be treated individually right there are definitely cases where women are behaving badly or neglectfully whatever way you want to put it but they should be treated as such as these cases or these individual situations we shouldn't be grouped into this One last thing I want to mention, um, what research this was, I checked out an article that was titled, uh, Black Mothers Are the Worst. And in the article, this is, for context, this article was written in 2014. And at the time, the author had noticed that if you were to Google Black Mothers Are, Google the phrase Black Mothers Are, the first two things would pop up would be something along the lines of Black Mothers Are the Worst. Or black mothers are neglectful. Something along those lines. I checked it out for myself this time. Um, I didn't see that. But I thought it was interesting that just typing in that phrase was already met with negativity. The top two searches that come up said that. So I say all that to say that all of this seems to be uh, prevalent to say the least. And to wrap up the episode, I just wanted to give my quick opinion. Um on possibly why this happens or where it stems from and a little bit about it. I won't go into deep detail, but just a quick kind of surface opinion. So I'm not completely sure that black women or black people are seen as completely human is what I'll say. When a non-black woman has a child, it's typically viewed by the masses or outsiders as a joyous time or it's a blessing right some people might view a black woman as having a child as you know just another drain on the system taking these two cases without any other further knowledge of these women you, you can just take a black woman and a non-black woman without knowing anything else you just see them pregnant you can make plenty of assumptions right you can draw two completely separate assumptions about the um, worthiness or the readiness or the so-called goodness of each person. I think also to add on to that, some people assume, especially getting into if a woman is pregnant and they are not seen with a partner, if they're assumed to be single, I, in my own experience, have witnessed 
where black women, you may even be questioned, oh, you know, casually thrown and is the dad around or it's an assumption that you're single and you may have been promiscuous or the dad isn't around or somehow it's your fault. Like you're already bringing in a child in the quote unquote wrong way. Whereas, and I think we sit all the time with celebrities. I think so. I paid the close attention to it. If a white celebrity is single and bringing in a child, it's celebrated. Whereas like, wow, they're embarking on this journey. This is great. They, they aren't met with backlash or these side comments. I won't say ever because there is a such thing as uh, white women can be judged for not being married or in traditional roles. But I think it is a deeper thing when it's a black woman. It's assumed, I think she's deemed unworthy or it was probably her fault. She picked, she needs to pick a better, a better partner to stay with her. But somehow it'll probably be her fault on why. Or does she even know her father's child? Where it could be a white woman who has the exact same situation and it just won't be assumed that way. It'll be, oh, she's great. I think it'll also be assumed that she has the means, you know, the financial means and she's stable enough to care for a child on her own. Where a black woman, oh, she'll probably be on welfare. I I have to pay for this child. So I think that's worth noting. And now I just really wanted to get into um, us really... As black women and mothers, knowing that these unfair sinners are held against us, I definitely think that we should do more to support each other. And that could be in plenty of different ways. But I think the first step to doing that would be offering grace. You know, offering grace would look like showing kindness to other black women. Simply starting with your internal thoughts, I think it help us a lot. Being careful to not be judgmental and kind of fall into the traps of what um, historically we've been taught to view ourselves and other black women in. And being really careful with the information you take from the media because this narrative could be put out in, if that's, you know, front and center, then we can easily ignore the systemic issues on why these women or these children were put in a situation to begin with right um yeah and I think that taking the time to view other moms on an individual and holistic view would just be great for all of us and yeah I want to end it right here um as usual I thought of some other things so I'm thinking I wanted to do a part two to kind of dive more into some other sources that are highlighting it But other than that, I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.